Now, now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at Dell.com. Welcome to now. How do I sound now? Sound okay? Did you ask Pop that question? Let's do it. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. Okay, here we go. It is another edition of Hoops Adjacent on the Athletic MBA Show. David Aldrich here in Hot Ass DC, out in the Bay, getting ready for another finals appearance. Marcus Thompson and the Warriors. I guess I got to give you boys some props for doing it again. Man, I don't. I'm a... <laughs> I'm an old hat, bro. I'm, I'm, I don't know where to go. <laughs> I kind of forgot how things work. This is this, is, wait, this is the first finals at uh, Chase, right? First finals at Chase. Man, I, I ain't been to a final since 2019. I forgot. You got to write every day. You got to show up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this, this is crazy. I'm, I'm too old for that. this. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, man. What, what is we doing? Man. I forgot about working in this weather. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, joining us. Our guest this week, and this is, I'm happy we could bring the young man in. He is he is one of the real risers in, in the business, I think. Um, just does a great job writing about the NBA and the WNBA for basketball news. He's got a great podcast called The Dunker Spot with Steve Jones. His finals preview will be up probably by the time this drops. Our man, Nakaias Duncan from Basketball News. Thank you for joining us, man. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Ready to talk some hoops. Man, you're a superstar, man. Marcus, he, he told me, he he, to, he gave me that, I've been following you since I was a kid, BS. You know, like I'm 104 years old. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, nah, he just 11. That's all. <laughs> oh, that could be. Maybe that's what it is. You're right. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> man, appreciate, appreciate it. Look, we're going to get into the finals real quick, but I wanted to start with this just because uh, I was curious what you two thought. Like, all right, so... What did we think of Jimmy Butler's shot to end the end game, the end of the game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals? I'll, I won't tell you what I thought, although I've already said it out loud, but that's okay. What did y'all think? I was fine with it. Yeah, I guess you. first. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was fine with the shot. Like, he wanted to go for the kill shot. He had given just about everything at that point. It felt like everyone on both sides were dead in the water at that point. So, a chance to take a lead and try to avoid overtime. Like, I get it. He was cooking, so it was an open shot. I don't have too much bad to say about it. What you got, Marcus? I don't like the shot, but I understand the shot. It's a it's a low percentage shot when a high percentage shot was available. So, but you know, the dude had played forty seven, no, forty eight minutes. <laughs> he did yeah, not come it out was the fifteen game. seconds left. It's forty seven right. minutes and forty five <laughs> right, seconds, right? right like right. he had played every minute. Yeah, and when he, like you could. It was a it was a good look, but it wasn't the, a great look for Jimmy. And I think he could have got a better one. I also do feel like I understand this idea of you don't want to go to overtime. Like there was 15 seconds left. You tie the game. You put all kind of pressure on Boston to come back to and execute. answer. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you might get another possession. Like, but I just I, I personally have a hard time criticizing Jimmy about anything. <laughs> right. I mean, he gave, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. What, do you, what more do you want from the dude, man? He gave it all. All right. So, look, I thought it was, I didn't think it was a good shot. But, but 
I completely understand him taking the shot. Okay, he, he look, if Jimmy Butler was dog ass tired and just didn't have anything left and was like, yo, we're going to ride or die on this shot. I just I can't play another five minutes because I've already played every minute of this game. Uh, I'm fine with that. My only and it's not even about Jimmy. It's about the, the people that def- some of the people that defended the shot are the self-same people that tell me all the time, take a step back because three's more than two. <laughs> That, that look at right. look to advance numbers and analytics to answer every question and solve every problem in basketball. Jimmy Butler shot 23% on threes this year. Not, yeah. not 43%, not 33%. He shot 23% on threes this year. You know what I'm saying? He shot 71% in the restricted area in the playoffs. 71%? And he shot 34% in this series, and that was peak Jimmy, yeah. right? It was like, yo, Jimmy, Jimmy's three is working. I, I think you got to factor in fatigue in that situation. Yes, you yes. got to factor in, it. like, the moment. I get like, it. it. It all lowers the percentage. Yeah. It's not like it's, it wasn't a high percentage shot. To me, it just comes down to high percentage shot, low percentage shot. That's all. I feel like Jimmy makes – he's just better off taking a high percentage shot. That's in that all. I'm not, hating Jimmy, I'm not hating on Jimmy for taking a shot. It's not about him, But really. my goodness, if he makes that I shot, I know, he's though, a hero. I get it. I get it. I get it. He's on the $20 bill if he makes that shot. Get Harriet Tubman off the 20 Oh, man. I kind of I think it's worth it for that. Yeah, if you yeah. make I that it. shot – I get it. I get it. I'm. I'm not. I had no problem with him taking the shot. I just. I just don't want to hear any more from these people about low percentage shot, and <laughs> recency bias, and small sample size, and all that stuff. All those buzzwords that you throw out there, because there was. If you. If you're gonna use those, then that was not the right shot to take in that situation. Right guy to take it. Wrong shot. That's all. Now, having said that. Man, I my, my I thought I couldn't respect Miami more than I already did, just as an organization. But my goodness, they are they 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 drink some different stuff down there, man. It's crazy that that was that series even went seven with mm-hmm. all the injuries they had, much less that they had a chance to win it at the end. It's crazy how how tough mentally that that group is, that organization is. I'm just I'm in awe of them. It's one of the toughest teams that they've had in recent memory, which is very high praise considering the teams that they've had. Just the work that they put in on the defensive end, they've had to get this season from Gabe Vincent, from Max Struess, just the counterbalance. Kyle Lowry being hurt, Jimmy Butler being hurt, Bam Adebayo being hurt. I'll have to look up what the final numbers are, but I think those three plus Tyler Hero, they played less than 70 minutes together. And that was heading into the season. That was going to be their closing four. And then PJ yeah. Tucker or whoever had it going that night, they we didn't even get to see that look this season. And so for them to even get to this point, um, I've been someone that's questioned what their half court offense is going to look like all year long. And those questions did prop up throughout this series. But yes, to push the seven and to be within two with less than twenty seconds to go is yeah. it's a testament to how good they are, how tough they are, and to your dad, Mister Duncan. At what <laughs> does this does this get? Eric Spolstra, the amount of credit he deserves. Do you think this series does it for him? This season should do it for him. If it if it isn't already if it isn't already solidified, like I think he's the best coach in basketball. At worst, he's a top three coach in basketball. If you want to be conservative about it, and that should have been clear towards the back end of the Big Three era. It should have been more clear during the 16-17 season when they ended thirty and eleven with Deion Waiters and James Johnson and those guys. 
And to do this, get the one seed, again, their three best players all missed North for 15 games this year. And there was some overlap in there with that. To get to the Eastern Conference Finals, I, I don't know what else Spo has to do. He's a champion. He's had the regular season success. He's done it with star teams. He's done it with defense teams. He's done it with three-point shooting teams. I don't know what is left. <laughs> yeah, no. I Yo, that man had to dust off Duncan Robinson. <laughs> like, and it, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Dude, like, he pulled it off like he pulled off the Bible and had to <laughs> dust off. Like, let's, 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 man, get the cobwebs off. They got now. They got. A, that was impressive. They got a decision to make now, because I can't imagine Duncan. I th- how can Duncan Robinson say, "Yeah, I'll sign up for another year of this"? You know what I'm saying? Like, like he's. I'm him. I'm like, get me the hell out of here. You know what I'm saying? So I just wonder how they can finesse that situation and it's easy to say yeah but you know regular season and playoffs are different but my man my mans couldn't get couldn't get one foot on the court in the most important minutes of his team's season you know when they're desperate for somebody to make a shot and my mans can't get on the floor you know what i'm saying like so i just wonder how that's going to resolve itself this summer i would not be surprised if he's elsewhere like i think <laughs> what you saw from max Struess and him being on a minimum contract next season as well like, I yeah. think that just has the the writing on the wall. It's funny watching them go from Wayne Ellington to Duncan Robinson being found out of nowhere to now finding Max Drews kind of out of nowhere. The pipeline right. has been insane. They they just do stuff different down there, man. It's incredible how they just plug and play. I mean, my man, Yurt Saban got some minutes this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they just kept <laughs> man, rolling. They needed to play him more you know in the playoffs, man. <laughs> I wanted to see him out there. You know what I'm saying? Man, it was crazy. It was crazy. But – um. Let's let's put a bow on the on the heat season and get to these finals, man, because I think this is going to be phenomenal. And I said this, I'll put I'll put myself out there. I'm a coward because I want to pick Boston because I think Boston actually can beat Golden State. I think they're the they're the one team from the East that really has a has a really good chance of beating Golden State four times. But I'm a coward, so I'm gonna pick Golden State. <laughs> because <laughs> i can't pull, i just can't pull the trigger on it but i i tell you what i think this is going to be one of the best coached and one of the best played series and what i mean by that is i don't necessarily mean the quality of play like it's not going to be beautiful in fact i think a lot of times it's going to be ugly because these are two great defensive teams but i love i love defensive basketball so i enjoy watching teams stop the other team there's beauty in that too so Let's just get some early thoughts on, you know, what are your what are your key points? What are you looking at? What do you think is uh, going to going to sway this one way or the other? Well, I definitely think a a, a big part of this series is going to come down to the war of attrition. I mean, that's two straight knockdown drag about series, you know. Uh, I, I'm with you. I think I think Boston. I can see a path that Boston wins this thing, and it, it'll it'll be epic. It would be epic that they would go seven with Milwaukee, seven with Miami, and then seven with the Warriors. Like it would be one of the most gangster <laughs> like roads <laughs> to a title that you will find. I mean, it, it would epitomize the toughness. Uh, but like the, the the cold part is like you're watching, you know. You know, Time Lord just, you know, he, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like that was a, he was a difference. Yes. Especially when they yes. played the Warriors, it was like, yo, that rim protection is is usually vital. And, you know, you start wondering what guys got left. It, it, it's just, I'm, I'm watching that. I want to see 
how that looks to me. This whole series comes down to the first two games. Mm -hmm. It just Boston just has to get one of these in chase center. If they go down 2-0, like that's, that's a wrap. Like this is playing right to the Warriors hands. So, and, and they got to do it now while they might have some hype and some energy because man, this thing at the six or seven, I'm worried about like, it might be kneecaps on the ground. The kids <laughs> like, like, like a muffler fell off the car. So like, these dudes might just start leaving joints on the baseline. <laughs> I would say that's going to be huge. Um, I would say half court execution is going to be my big one because both of these teams, as David said at the top, they're both elite defenses. So it's going to be kind of brought into the mud either way. And what's happened with Boston when they get into there, we're going to mismatch Hunt, burn 16 seconds on the clock and try to create from there. That's not going to work against Golden State. And for Golden State, if some of their early actions stagnate, they'll keep moving around. But if the ball ends up in Jordan Poole's hands, if it ends up in Clay's hands, if it ends up in basically anyone not named Steph, I'm kind of worried about what the shot quality is going to look like. And the other thing about these offenses is that they've had these stretches of turning the ball over, unforced otherwise. And so with both teams already having good defenses and wanting to get out in transition to kind of alleviate some of these half-court concerns, I want to know who's going to take care of the ball. Yeah. Guys, who, I, I'm curious what you think about what Golden State kind of thrives off of, which is the initial action off the pick and roll and two goes two go to Steph, and the ball goes to Draymond and it's four on three, and Draymond always makes the right pass. It's not about – the decision he makes, but can Boston blow that up enough four on three to get enough stops that they don't get killed jumping on Steph every time? Um, I think they can to a degree. Like I like nobody stops Steph and no one stops that action. But I think depending on how physical they are early on, because Boston was the switchiest defense in basketball. Mm-hmm. And so I think you will see more of flattening out those initial actions and forcing Golden State to move the ball in order to get create that crack. And then it's, oh, now we have two to the ball later in the clock. And then that's where you get your four and three there. If they can grind that down enough, and they'll have a help point either way. If Draymond's handling the ball, flowing into handoffs, or they're doing the post protection stuff, you can help off of Kevon Looney to a degree. Or if Kevon Looney's in the low post and he's jumping it off, and they have Draymond screaming up top, you can help off a little bit there. And so mm-hmm. there'll be enough pockets to where Boston can load up. And if they're having the switching and a little bit of help behind that, it's just going to make it a little bit tougher for Golden State to get going. You know, one of the things that I'm, I'm curious about your, your take on this is before these playoffs really kind of developed, uh, you know, I remember talking to people in the Warriors, like maybe round one, right? I remember in March, Boston came here, just completely shut the Warriors down. Yeah, you know, Steph got hurt, but that game was <laughs> like it was clear what was happening. Right. And there was this element of, uh-oh, <laughs> right? If we <laughs> if we see this team in the finals, right? And then they go out and sweep, you know, the Nets. And it's like at that point, they just look like world beaters. I wonder if do you buy any stock into the psyche element of it where maybe, maybe Miami, the undermanned hurt Miami kind of took a little bit of the made, made Boston look beatable, right? Made them look like, okay, they look like juggernauts, but they, they have some vulnerabilities. They have some flaws. You think, you think there's any, anything to that? Uh, I think so to an extent, I think that kind of extends to Boston's offense more than anything because Miami was another great defense. You kind of see, Oh, they really had to work for this. It took 
the second half or it took three quarters for Jason Taylor to just put his head down and get to the basket or for Jalen Brown to stop turning the ball over like 12 times in the first half and then getting it together. So I think you see enough of those cracks and Golden State can say, okay, if we just execute on the defensive end, if we pressure the ball a little bit, we'll be okay enough. But on the other end, like I don't, they shut Miami offense down for the most part. Jimmy Butler had the high scoring affairs, but even with him having multiple 40 point games or multiple 30 point games, a lot of the shots he made were contested. Mm-hmm. It just kind of added to the beauty of the game. But just from a process standpoint, it yeah. wasn't like Jimmy Butler was just blowing him up, drawing two to the ball whenever he wanted to, skirting down to the lane. Like he had to work for all of those points. And so for Golden State, even if you zoom out over the last three, four seasons, I think Boston's the only team that has a winning record against Golden State. Uh, they've defended Steph pretty well, as well as you can defend Steph. Again, the switching and the physicality off the ball is kind of the blueprint. Only a few teams can hope to slow them down, but Boston's been one of the few that can. Mm-hmm. And so they, it's really just, I think the offensive comfort is where it's going to come down to. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated by how Boston will defend Steph. Obviously, they can throw multiple guys at him, but I wonder, can they afford to be physical with him? You know, because you don't want you don't want Smith or Brown or Tatum or one, you know, one of your key guys to get two cheap fouls in the first half, and now they've got three maybe, and they have to play differently in the second half. And you don't, I don't think you want to have a steady diet as good as White has been. I think, and White's been was really good in the, in the Miami series. I don't think you want a steady diet of him being a primary defender either, right? So, um, how do they approach what they're going to do with Steph off the initial action? How do they approach him as a cutter? How do they approach him as a screener to try and limit his touches in places where he can hurt them? Um, I would say just to push back a little bit, like I don't think Boston's going to let off the gas in terms of physicality at all. And mm-hmm. I would say to your Derek White point, you can argue maybe two or three better, two two or three players have been better than him defensively on the perimeter this postseason. I don't think there's been a guy that's navigated screens as well as Derek White in this entire mm-hmm. postseason. The work that he did on Max Struess in the Miami series in general, like he shot poorly because he just couldn't get open. And you would think, zooming out, okay, Boston's in a drop right here. They'll be able to get into some of their handoff stuff. Here are the pull-up threes. This is the avenue for Miami to create something in the half court. And Derek White blew that up almost by himself. And so if Steph is going to see a Marcus Smart stint and then a Derek White stint, like even if you get Marcus Smart in foul trouble, you got fresh legs Derek White coming in. Like I don't think Steph's going to be able to breathe that much. He's not going to be able to breathe easy. Again, he's one of the best players on earth, so he can still get his. But in terms of how much work he's going to have to put in, I don't think that's going to drop off that much. Yeah, I think it's got to be smart in Derek White because 
Steph is not going to approach it in the way other guys would. You you don't want Jalen Brown running off four screens. <laughs> like, you know, this Jalen Brown's like him, Steph are the best fourth quarter scorers in these playoffs. Like you, you, the one thing you don't want to do is not have legs down the stretch and crunch. You don't want Jason t- chasing that. Like, this is what they do. Yeah. Like, I remember asking him like, yo, Steph, why don't you just go with Dylan Brooks, man? Get him in foul trouble. He's like, nah, that, that, that ain't how they approach tearing down a defense. He's like, ah, oh, bro, we gonna, we're going to run this marathon, <laughs> right? You're going you're gonna to have to stay with us. You're going to have to stay with us. To me, I think, you know, this this series is going to be decided by the other players because, you know, like Jason Tatum, Steph Curry, these dudes are these dudes are superstars. They're going to get there. Yeah. To me, it's what does Andrew Wiggins give you, this, this clay make shots. And I'm wondering how, with the confidence we've seen Jalen Brown play with and just the way Al Horford has been everything, like who, who are the X factors that you see kind of like tilting what could what is setting up to be the super close series but you know that one guy <laughs> could like tilt it one way or the other who do you see as those guys i would say my big one is jordan Poole. like i think he's the swing piece for golden state aside from steph curry like he's the one guy that you can put in ball in his hand and say all right get downhill for us create something get it off the bounce or get all the way to the rim like he's the other guy for golden state and so they're going to need him against this Boston defense that, one, has great personnel, two, switches a ton, so those gaps just aren't going to be very present. And so you're going to need that. And on the other end, we've seen throughout the playoff run, teams have kind of identified Jordan Poole's the guy that we want to target. You say kind of. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> you're so sweet. <laughs> oh, man, you know, having a good day, it's fine. But no, they've identified Jordan Poole's the guy that they can attack. Dallas tried it. We saw Memphis try it. And Boston has gotten into mismatch hunting mode throughout this postseason. They did in the Brooklyn series. They definitely did in the Milwaukee series. Poor Grayson Allen. They did in the Miami series. And so if Jordan Poole is going to be that guy for them, he has to hold up because otherwise, if he's getting blasted on one end and he's not giving you the offensive production on the other end, where do you go? Here's the here's how they've survived it. This is so this has been fascinating to me. They all and this this was the Steph Curry role in the Houston series back in 2018, where it's like hard. It's like we gonna get him on the island. You know the crazy part is, and the Boston might be best equipped to do this. They were just simply banking on Memphis and Dallas. Like your offense, our offense is gonna get what we want. What we need to do is take away your threes because that's the only way you can keep up with us. Mm-hmm. And like when they're going at Jordan Poole, you know what they're not doing? They're not shooting threes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, if you want, if Jalen Brunson wants to drive all day right. and go one-on-one, Spencer Dinwiddie wants to go one-on-one with Jordan Poole. To me, I, I'm curious about how hard Boston goes on that because Boston, when they make threes, that's they're beast. That's ball game. Yeah, they're beast. That's ball game, yeah. right? And so to me, it's going to come down to how do you keep them? Because when they get hot too, like it's crazy. Like they'll make 15 and a half, right? And and Jalen will be make will make them over people. So I wonder, I wonder if they take that bait as much or they use that as a like, you know, you, you could say, all right, let's get Jalen on him and Jalen just go one-on-one and let's try to abuse this dude. Or do you use it as a let's use pool to break the paint, as a swing, swing yeah, yeah. and get the open threes, right? Yeah. Like that's the and the and the trick on the words in is having a discipline 
to not overhelp and give up that three and just let Jordan Poole eat, take his medicine. You know, <laughs> like that's 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 the part I'm very interested in watching. Yeah, and the, but you can also, I mean, Golden State, I think, will have GP two options too if that doesn't look so hot. You know what I'm saying? So they have, they can go different ways than they could in the Dallas series for sure. If if Peyton's back in the series, that's a big that's huge. I think for their for their but they hunting. lose the but they the, lose the, the shooting. Creation. No question. No yeah, question. They lose the no shot question. creation. No question. The other guy I wanted to ask you about Nikias was was Wiggins because he's right. He's shooting thirty five on threes in the playoffs, which is right on the edge. Thirty eight would be a problem. Thirty two would be no problem. <laughs> 35 is right there on the edge of can we can we play Don't off you of have him? to call them all-star starter Wiggins? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and do you just say, hey, look, we're gonna make out we're gonna make Andrew Wiggins make five threes a game to beat us? Is that a strategy? Is that something you can bank on? I I don't know, which isn't great podcast, but I don't know. <laughs> I am curious about how Andrew Wiggins is gonna be used. And I brought this up with Steve on the dunker spot um, for the finals preview because we were talking about Robert Williams and where you place him. He's had the Looney matchup in during the regular right. season, but Golden State uses Kevon Looney as a screener and as a guy that can operate some of that high post stuff, which yeah. is problematic with Robert Williams in a drop. And now Robert Williams in a drop with a questionable knee. And so what helped turn Boston season around and turn the calendar was you do saying, all right, we're going to put you, instead of having you defend centers, we're going to put you on the worst shooting wing on the other team. And we're just going to have you stick around the rim and roam around. And so I wonder, as you bring up Andrew Wiggins' three-point shooting, is Andrew Wiggins going to be kind of that help point for Boston? Do they try to do that? And if Boston does that, is Golden State going to say, all right, Andrew, we're going to have you screen now. Let's see how that works. Mm-hmm. We're going to see you operate as a handoff hook. Let's see if that works. Because that isn't something that they've done often this season. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Yeah. No, I just I'm I or or does Wiggins say, eh, I'm about to get these buckets. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> like don't you have to go at Robert Williams to see, you know, if he's still vertical. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if he's still if he can still do it, um, because that's not PJ Tucker. That's a guy that that just ended Luca's life with that dunk in the, <laughs> in, the, in the conference finals. You know what I'm saying? Like, so this is a different cat, you know, in terms of his ability to get to the rim. I, I'm just fascinated. There's so many angles in this series. There's so many touch points in this series. That's why I can't wait for this to get started. Cause I really do feel like these are the two best teams in the league this year. Like it seems rather obvious to me. These are the two best teams in the league. Like you, I mean, Phoenix clearly was not the best team in the league. <laughs> they went, I don't even know what happened out there. That's still something funky out there. That's not, that hasn't come to light yet. <clears throat> something went way, way wrong with that squad. The other thing I wanted to get into with, with the finals though, is these are two teams that they get stupid with the turnovers, like just dumb with the turnovers. You know what I mean? Like I went back and rewatched the last five minutes of game seven with Miami. I can't believe a team as good as Boston played so dumb down the stretch, like literally gave Miami had a chance to win that series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they hadn't been ahead the whole night on merit because Boston had outplayed them for 45 out of the 47 minutes in that game. <laughs> and then the last four minutes, they just completely came unglued. And I just, 
I just wonder which one of those teams, of these teams, can less afford stupid turnovers like we saw, like we've seen both of them do for long stretches in playoff games. Oh man, like I said the turnovers are—they've been an issue for both of these teams. I think, I think it's more important for Boston to take care of the ball because even when Golden State turns the ball over 18 times or 13 times and a half or whatever it is, all it takes is four possessions and they have 12 points. <laughs> they still win, right? <laughs> it's <just> like, okay. <laughs> right. All they have to do is stop like, for a few minutes. <laughs> like, perfect defense, it just doesn't matter. Like, they can still have those stretches for you. For Boston, they have shot tough shot takers. They have Jason Tatum. They have Jalen Brown. They can knock down tough stuff. But it's just not the same thing. And Marcus kind of hit on it a little bit earlier about what Boston's three-point shooting does for them when they're actually on. Yeah. Boston hasn't yeah. been a great three-point shooting team this season. But they get hot. <laughs> they can. But, like, that's kind of been the knock on Boston from, like, a roster construction standpoint. Like, that was a lot of what was happening yeah. early in the uh, year. Like, yeah. Jason Tatum started off terribly, at least shooting. Process why he was right. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. He couldn't yeah. get the shots to fall. And then they just didn't have spacing around him. This is when they had Dennis Schroeder on the team. Josh Richardson, who can shoot, but teams don't treat him like a shooter like that. It was just a mm-hmm. whole mess. Mm-hmm. And so it's better, but it still isn't great. So I would say more important for Boston to take care of it because they can't let go to state get the transition stuff going too. And they can't they can't get killed on the possession battle. Like you gotta win the possession battle yeah. with the Warriors. Like that's how you do it. Like when when they lose, it's because the other team is getting five or more shots than them. Sometimes 10, 11. <laughs> but if it's equal or the Warriors got more shots, that's just not fair. It's Steph Curry, it's Clay Thompson. You just true. can't give no, them four no, shots right. at it. You're right. You're right. You're right. Today's episode is brought to you by Giorgio Armani Aqua Di Gio Parfum, a long lasting and deeply intense men's fragrance that captures the powerful sensations of nature. The woody aquatic scent features notes of bergamot, clary sage, and patchouli which create an intensity that is vibrant and aromic. Discover more at GiorgioArmaniBeauty.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I wonder, I mean, what do you think Clay's, you know, mindset going into this? Because he flicked, you know, he was kind of, eh, 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 and then all of a sudden he flicked in game six again, you know, so so he certainly has it in him. It's, yeah, Clay's the, it, Clay's the bellwether, right? Like, yeah. when he's on, that's pretty much the game. Like, especially <laughs> in the Bay. When he's on, they're just so tough to beat. He's the punishment for what you have to do to Steph. Like, he's the punishment. If you do well on Steph, if you're on point, like, he he's the dude who makes you pay. If he don't make you pay, you got a shot. But if he makes you pay, like, what's the counter? Like, what are you <laughs> supposed to do? Right? Yeah, like, it's, that's – that. yeah, exactly, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. But but it ain't automatic, right? It's not he'll, – he'll go three for 14. He'll, he'll do that. And that's where I wonder – like to me, man, Jalen is so important in the series because he's a guy who can do it on both ends. Mm-hmm. Like you got to face guard Clay, and you can't lack off of him. But also, that can't destroy your offense. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Like, so that's, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many like 
how many people can you say like is is equipped to do that? The guy is just like Paul George, right? <laughs> like like Jalen Brown. Like I'm a, I'm a face guard. You. I'm gonna stay with you, Kawhi. Yeah. Right? I'm gonna stay with you, and I'm gonna get buckets. Like they've got they've got the pieces to do it. And to me, Jalen's one of those dudes. Don't you think? Yeah, it's good. It's gonna be a very big Jalen series. I think he'd kind of be my. It's between him and Derek White. Those would be like my X factors for Boston. Because mm-hmm. as good of an on-ball defender as Jalen Brown is, the off-ball stuff, if you got to nav- navigate one or two screens or if they're doing some kind of decoy action before going into whatever it is, Jalen can get lost. I was re-watching the regular season matchups um, on Monday. First play of the March um, meeting, if I remember correctly. First play, Golden State runs some screening stuff up top. Jalen Brown gets lost. He's just standing around the middle of the key, eventually gets matched up. Golden State takes a three and they miss. But it's just like, yeah, you can't have that. And then going back to the <laughs> December matchup, they go to the basically the Looney play. They dump it in to Draymond on the block. Looney's above the break, sets the screen for Steph. Jalen Brown's late. They run a pick and roll to get Jalen switched on to Steph, and then they flow into that play. Jalen gets mm-hmm. hit on the screen. Steph gets a wide open three in the right corner. He misses it, but it's like, yeah, Jalen can't have those against this right. team because that you can't give Golden State those kind of looks consistently. No. That's what they do, though, right? That they'll... Like, it's like if he, he'll say, let me do this with Paul George. Paul George is like, listen, I'm not leaving Clay, bro. Like, <laughs> Clay's right. not getting open. But then they'll run you to get an action, like weak side, screen and roll to get you on the guy you want, and then run mm-hmm. you off the step screen. This is what they were doing to uh, uh, Luca. Right. It's like we're gonna we're gonna get you. You gonna get you gonna get this whooping. <laughs> get all over here. You gonna you gonna get this action. That, that's the tricky part. Yeah, you, you're right about that. That's a good call. Uh, Jalen. Yeah, most dudes get lost on that stuff, right. though, right? Like you gotta be super locked in to be able mm-hmm. to stay that committed through all that. The the other thing that again in a in a series where there's a hundred things that fascinate me, the the defensive quarterbacking. With Draymond on one side and Al on the other side, I'm just like, God, this is so, this is, I'm, I'm not equipped, you know, from an X and O standpoint to understand how good they are defensively in terms of the stuff, the the way they blow actions up, the way they anticipate three passes before it gets there. And I just wonder what you think about that facet of this matchup with two elite and Al maybe I mean Draymond does it physically, but it's also mental. But Al is the guy that will just out of nowhere block somebody's shot that you just are not expecting him to do at 35 years old. <laughs> but he does it all the time. He does it every time they need a, a big defensive stop, he all of a sudden becomes 23 again. And just that facet of the matchup between these two teams are two really, really smart defensive guys at the back. I've been waiting for Al Horford to slip all year long. Like there was a stretch <laughs> midway through the season where Boston, again, switches team to the league. There was a stretch where he had to switch on to Trey Young a bunch in one game. And it was a couple other elite guards, and he was hanging on. I was like, yo, this is impressive. Yeah. This is January, though. I don't know what this is going to look like in March, April. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, we are in the finals, and Al Horford looks as good as ever on the defensive end. It's incredible Still. what he's able to do. Like, I look at I guess in terms of like calling stuff out, I look at Marcus Smart in that regard, just an elite communicator. Al Horford is too. But what makes Al so special is that even at this age, he's so versatile from a scheme perspective. Boston has dropped him. They've switched him. If you need him to blitz, he can do that as well. You can just park him in the middle. Like he's been in the zone that Boston has sprinkled in throughout this postseason. 
he can just do everything you need. And that helps when you're playing a guy like a Steph Curry to where one, there just isn't a great answer for him, period. Beyond that, if you're giving him a steady dose of the same coverage, he's absolutely going to torch you. Mm-hmm. And then once you overreact to that, he's going to pass to the other guys and they're going to torch you too. And so the fact that Boston has the ability to say, all right, we're going to drop on these first two possessions. If they flow into this action, we're going to have you up higher at the level of the screen. We might switch this one. Then we're going to peel somebody out and get you matched up elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that he can still do all of that stuff is just mm-hmm. incredible to me. By the way, he turns 36 after game one. (laughs) (laughs) This is a testament to old man strength. This is a testament to Negro spirituals. You know what I'm saying? There we go. (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy how good he still is. It's It's amazing. amazing. It really is. It really is. It's fascinating. All right. I don't want to keep y'all got stuff to do. So let's get to it. Let's get to some picks here. Who you got? How many? Oh, the other thing is to Marcus's point, you basically have to give Golden State a 1 0 lead going into the series because you know they're going to get one in Boston. You know they're going to win. They're going to get one in Boston. Everybody wins in Boston. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wins in Boston. (laughs) You know what I mean? Unbelievable. Like, it was a 26 straight series. They've won at least one on the road. Yeah. So you know they're getting one in Boston. Boston is like (laughs) super (laughs) average at home. It's so random. It's crazy. incredible on the road. I don't understand. They just won three road games in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, none of it makes sense. What? Right? It makes no sense whatsoever. Right? But yeah, so what do we got? Who do we have and why? And, uh, you know, I'm just, I can't wait. But let me know what. what that, that's why, that's why, I, I mean, it's number one, like, man, do you could count on one finger how many people have beaten Steph Clay and Draymond healthy in a series? They're just so hard to beat. Yeah. And while I do think Boston can do it, like, I kind of got to see it first. And then, like you said, like, you got to win twice in chase. You ha- When they, they have home court advantage, you got to win twice in chase. I, I think Boston is going to get one of these first two home games. Mm-hmm. And then the question is, can they get seven, right? right. Like, they have they to get, get five or seven, five, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have to get five or seven. So it's like, I just, I think that's a lot to ask for a first-time team. So, I mean, I'm going to go Warriors at seven just out of respect for, I just think the Celtics are great, man. <laughs> I, I think this is going to be tough. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, I guess I will be the non-coward. I am going to take Boston and six in this one. I think they have defensive personnel to do it. You just talked about them needing to win game yeah. five. They just did it in Miami. And I just think they have so many bodies that they can throw at Golden State's players. 
And I think even if Robert Williams proves that the knee just isn't good enough for it, they can downsize and go without Horford and Grant Williams and still blow things up. In fact, they become a little bit more mobile, more switchable with Rob Williams on the bench. I just really believe in the steps that they've been able to take throughout this season, throughout this postseason in particular, because they've had some stretches offensively to where they turn it over or they stagnate, but then they find it. And I think they, I think they'll be able to find it in this series. I think they, Golden State has enough weak points defensively that they can pick out late in games. And again, the defense, they've defended Golden State well for years now. Mm-hmm. So I'll, yeah. I'll take the shot. Yeah, I mean, everything you've said, Nikaias, is absolutely on point. Um, it's absolutely yeah. true. And and you definitely – and Boston has won multiple playoff games. They, I mean, Jason Tatum's had, what, maybe three, like, great offensive games in the postseason. It's not like he's scoring 38 a night. You know what I mean? Like, he's become more of a facilitator. But, I mean, even the other night – um, what do you want up with like 29 or 30? But I mean, it's not like he shot the ball great in that, in that game. He didn't, you know, so they're winning even when Jason Tatum's not playing incredible, you know what I mean? So they have, and they have a toughness, a mental toughness, you know, whatever you think, I mean, they were at home against Milwaukee in game seven, but that's still the defending champ. That's still Giannis Adenokounmpo coming at you, you know, desperate. Um, and they, handled it easily you know and grant williams went off but um i just think they have a mental toughness yeah we didn't even talk about grant williams you know what i'm saying like it's just (laughs) another option just mr game seven right you know what i'm saying like and so right another option so you know i tend to believe i've seen this with other teams and other sports when 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 teams just have mentally they just won't give in no matter what you throw at them they don't give in they just keep coming i think boston has that i just don't know how healthy they are that's what i come it comes down to to me it's i don't know how healthy they are (laughs) like like how healthy is marcus smart really how healthy is robert williams really pull this off da like if they pull this off like that would be that's one of the great they would be one of the great Un, yeah. un, unheralded champions of of recent years. It would be it would be majorly yeah. tough. Like like they you know they this is a pound my chest. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Are you not entertained? Like yes, it, it would just be gangster, man. It ain't no other way. Yeah. It would be gangster if they pull it up because they just had two seven games. Exactly. Not like with beating Giannis and Jimmy Butler. Right. Like bro. <laughs> right. right. No, that's what I'm saying. Like so, they that's got something crazy. now. They got something special. But the health yeah, thing. Nah. I just don't know, and I'm just not sure. And and again, as you mentioned, Marcus, you know Golden State's going to win one in Boston. That's just there. If I thought Boston could win all three at home, I would pick Boston. But I don't think they can win all three at home, which means they have to win twice at Chase. And I just I'm not sure. Game seven on the road against against the team in Golden State that has the championships and the pedigree and the history and all that. It took LeBron being supernatural to win a game. No, to win, I'm to telling beat you, man, that's what I'm saying. Seven, like, you know what I mean? Like, Kyrie, <laughs> Kyrie were incredible, right? Like, they were insanely good. Like, that, you know what I'm that's saying? That's what like, it needs to be said. But that's why I, I know, you know, I, I hate these conversations. This is why I like the guys, man, because the conversations are like real basketball. Right? Right. I hate this whole narrative about Steph and Katie. I like, look. This won't be an indictment on anybody, right? <laughs> right? Like if, 
If the Warriors beat Boston, that would be an incredible, like, this is an incredibly tough team that matches up with them super well, right? And if Boston wins, it will be a feather in their cap. Like, that would be incredible. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't beat these dudes. And if Jason Tatum does it, what? (laughs) Like, if Jalen Brown does this, come on, man. Like, this is like, this is stuff I grew up on. You know what I'm saying? Like, no question. So, that, but it's going to be an incredible season. Um, right? I can't wait. Saying all that, words, watch the words win at five, and I look like an idiot. <laughs> I will be shocked if that's the outcome, but we will see. Nikias, man, thank you for jo- oh, jumping in, be, man. Yeah. This, I would be shocked. This is, yeah. this is great. This is It's been fabulous talking to you, listening to you, and learning from you, man. It's been great. Fan. Thank you for joining us. Hope you get to enjoy the series. If you're watching at home um, or, you know, if you come out for a game or two, whatever, man, it's uh, – Pleasure having you on. We'll have you on again real soon, man. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. We definitely got to do this again. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So leave long that. As long as we good enough for you, uh, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can tell a couple of authors now. Like, come on know, now. Knuckle spot is pinkies out, man. You don't always get to go to nice restaurants. You know what I'm saying? Like, I appreciate you went to Taco Bell today, Marcus. When you go to that Three Forks restaurant, you know what I'm saying? They get the Three Forks on the table. You know what I mean? Forks on each side. Knuckle spot is basketball pinkies out. You know what I'm saying? All right, leave that five star review on Apple, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you get this fine American podcast. Marcus, if they can't leave five stars, what they need to do? They need to keep it to themselves, you haters. Haters, you can't. You're not going to get no seats to the finals. You're not going to get no credentials for the finals. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.